Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property. It's the location and neighborhood. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. And when I say in-depth, I'm talking deep. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood, complete with a video guide. They also have details about local schools with test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Kramer, welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to a West Coast Kramerica takeover. Other people want to make friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain, but to educate, teach you, and put it in context. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. After kind of an ugly day, Dow shed 113 points, S&P lost 0.38 percent, and then Nasdaq declined 0.51 percent. I'm not going to waste your time tonight before hand-wringing about the status of the trade talks. I'd rather highlight an opportunity that works regardless of how things play out with China. Because, look, for all we know, the trade tussle, it could be with us for ages. And I don't want you missing out on some amazing opportunities that we see out here that aren't bound by the narrow confines of the PRC versus the United States. So let me lay it all out for you. Thousands of companies are in trouble right now because they don't know how to deal with technology. They don't understand the Salesforce economy. They don't get Square's payment system or Octa cybersecurity or pager duties always on mentality. If you want to compete in this environment, having the right tech gives you an enormous edge. That's the core thesis behind so many of these software as a service plays we talk about. Hey, by the way, it's, it's why Target, I think, reported a blowout quarter, not that, just this morning. And by the way, a lot of that, of course, was Brian Cornell knowing how to use technology. And that's not long after Kohl's reported a hideous shortfall yesterday. Target's got the right kind of tech. Kohl's hasn't spent enough on it. More later. There's just one problem with the story. Enterprise-oriented tech, well, it's really hard to grasp or understand. I know. You talk to me about it. I know. I see the emails. Most enterprises struggle with it, too. If you never need to directly interact with these services at work... It sure is tough to get your head around them as an investor. Now, you go to the mall and see how Salesforce's customer relations management software is selling? No, you don't see it. It's behind the scenes. And that's why I want to explain what makes these companies so necessary. The chief reason is that nearly every company on earth, every enterprise, large or small, 
that's more than a couple of years old has the wrong system. Their old systems aren't customer-centric and cost too much money to manage. Now, you never see this on the consumer side. Unless you work in corporate information technology, you may not even know what a system is. You need to think of it as a complex mechanism that takes in lots of data, stores it, and then helps executives analyze it so that they can make better decisions than the competitors can. All right, look, for most of my life, companies stored their data by hand. They dealt with customers who came to them. Uh, Then we got computers and smarter businesses started storing data on their own machines. Now, in recent years, that's changed. These days, companies recognize that they have, well, that having your own server form, it's not efficient. They'd rather take all that data and store it in the cloud. The same cloud you interact with when you stream a movie from Netflix or buy something on Amazon. Now, here's the big problem. The systems at most companies simply aren't built for that kind of cloud configuration. Their legacy setups were built for customers who didn't seem to care about speed or customer service, probably because they just assumed every interaction would be terrible anyway. Kids these days don't even remember what it was like to be left on hold or to navigate a website that took an eternity to load. These systems were meant to handle maybe thousands of people, not hundreds of thousands, let alone millions. To compete in this era, businesses need to upgrade their systems. But that's expensive, and it's a huge pain in the neck. It's also necessary. I want you to look at Lowe's versus Home Depot. Lowe's streamed higher today because CEO Marvin Ellison has been working behind the scenes to install more robust systems that can handle millions of customer interactions. If your website doesn't run smoothly, you're losing a lot of business. Lowe's understands that now. Meanwhile, Home Depot stumbled yesterday because their legacy systems aren't up to snuff, and they can't work fast enough to replace them. That's how they missed the quarter. These days, people expect everything to be frictionless. The moment they hit any kind of problem, any speed bump, they just take their business elsewhere. On top of that, there's another dimension here. Lots of enterprises think that getting the customer is no longer just enough. Not, won't do it. Salesforce, they know better. Salesforce, it's one of the reasons why their Dreamforce conference gets bigger and bigger by the year. Salesforce understands that landing the customer is merely the beginning, the first step. After that, companies need to know what their customers want, and then they got to keep them happy by any means necessary. Not long ago, Salesforce bought an analytics company called Tableau Software. They shelled out $15.7 billion for it, and I think it was worth every penny because Tableau lets you mine data to reach conclusions that will boost sales. These days, you need the whole suite of products to keep the customer happy. While Salesforce is much more than that, it's still instrumental in the 360-degree customer-pleasing process with, as Mark Benioff tells me, is got truth as its only boundary. Now, once your business goes down this path of trying to please millions of customers, you're going to run into bad actors who want to take advantage of your systems. They'll pretend to be other people to hack into your organization so that they can steal data and cause mayhem. Hackers are a fact of life, which is why companies need to take action before they do any damage, before they wreck the relationship with you. One way to do that is, of course, by building a firewall around your enterprise. But you also want to know exactly who everyone is. And that's what Okta's all about. They handle your login and verification info, both inside and outside the enterprise. With outlets like Albertsons, 34 million customers, MOB.com, relying on their identification systems to work every day. While that may not sound exciting at all, Okta's essential to so many companies in the Fortune 500, which explains why its stock has more than doubled since the beginning of the year. Explains why I'm talking about it. I mean, do I really care about Okta? Well, I like the fact that they employ people, but I care about is trying to make it money. What else? Sometimes I wish I'd gotten into video games. 
But I'm surrounded by young people who live and die by Call of Duty and Red Dead Redemption 2. Sure, you can buy the stocks of the publishers, Activision Blizzard, and take to interact with like them both. But I'd rather dig deeper. What makes these games look so lifelike? Why is everything in them so realistic? Well, that's NVIDIA, NVIDIA's graphics processors. Of course, their chips are also let you run simulations, millions of them, that can, man- they, they, they can be used to manage driverless cars that otherwise might be smashing into pedestrians. You can't really know NVIDIA, though, unless you're inter- interacting with something they're involved in. And even then, you might not realize it's them, because in many cases, they're hidden. I'm trying to change that. I want NVIDIA's CEO, Jensen Wong, to be a household name in your home. Why? Well, how about because this stock was at $30 four years ago, and now it's at $211. Need I say more? Final point. These technology companies are force multipliers. I'm a small business owner at heart like my dad. When we opened the DeBarry Inn in Summit, New Jersey, we didn't have any systems. Uh, what were systems? Well, it turns out inns have systems. A few years later, thanks to technology, namely Expedia, and then Airbnb's Hotel Tonight, we can fill the place. We open a bar, Bar San Miguel. I, I, I don't know anything. I mean, suddenly I realize how important Square's payments platform is. Point of sale, customer retention, reservations, delivery, website coordination, with, with payroll. I mean, it all starts with Square. Do I want to know Square as a business person? No. Do I want my business to function well? Yes. Do I want you to own stocks that go up? That's what this, this show's about. Once upon a time, none of this stuff that I just mentioned existed. And there were no trade shows for it. Nothing. Big companies had computers. The rest of us had pen, paper, maybe a calculator if we were lucky. Now we all have access to the same technology, right down to the look and feel of our websites. The bottom line. America used to be a manufacturing nation that made things and sent them overseas. Now we're an asset light nation that sells things. Or to put it another way, for most of my career, the stock symbol PD belonged to Phelps Dodge, the largest copper producer. It doesn't belong to Phelps Dodge anymore. Now it belongs to Pager Duty, a company that monitors the performance of your web presence, and we're going to hear more from them later tonight. There's a reason why the stocks of almost all of these companies roared today. Their wares were on display at Dreamforce, and the wares of many like them. And you can see they will do well with or without a trade war conclusion. Let's go to, oh, Dave in Illinois. Dave! Dr. Kramer! Jim, do you and your staff... Thanks for your dedication, time, and effort for bringing us insightful and relevant interviews from Dreamforce. Your viewers appreciate it so very much. Thank you, Dave. How can I help? Jim, earlier today, Alibaba completed a secondary stock offering of 500 million shares on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, raising $11 billion. In its 2014 IPO on the New York Stock Exchange, Baba raised $25 billion, becoming the largest on record. Since then, the stock price of China's largest e-commerce company has appreciated 173%. Right. Today's secondary offering amounts to between a 2 and 3% share dilution. Some analysts anticipate that this new Asian offering could actually lift the share price instead of diluting it. So, Jim, how do you see this magic carpet ride resolving itself? Dave, it's a steppable situation. I definitely believe that the stock is going to do well after this offering. I think it is good news. It is the only stock in the People's Republic that I am recommending on Mad Money. Thank you for your kind words. Tom in Kentucky. Tom. Booyah, Jim. Booyah. Uh, Tom from Paris, Kentucky. I want to thank you for your hard work and educating us. 
Thank you. In light of the Xerox rejected bid for our Hewlett-Packard, will they make additional bids? Will Xerox benefit should the acquisition go through? And regardless, what what do you think of the future for Xerox? Well, I think Xerox actually needs very much for uh, HP to buy them. And I don't think HP wants to do that. That means Xerox could be vulnerable, maybe for about as much as 10 to 15 percent. I don't think that there's going to be a way to be able to coerce HP into buying Xerox. So I'm not a buyer at these levels. Let's go to Ken in Georgia. Ken. Hey, Jim. Uh, I sold half of my Ollie's bargain outlet in the low 90s for 150 percent gain and got back my basis. Well, it's currently down roughly 35% from its high, and I'd still like the off-price retail space. All these last earnings call had what I believe to be a short-term setback. I was wondering if it was time to go back to the well. You know, it was a, a setback. It, uh, it was surprising. Ken Lee, it was surprising. Uh, and, but I don't think it's such a bad level to be involved in here. It's just that after TJX just reported an amazing quarter, I think you got to go with the best in show. And right now, that is TJX, with second being Burlington. All right, it's a whole new world, one that gives us all equal power. We are now an asset light nation, and we sell a lot of things. Oh, man, money tonight. Last year, I named Opta a cloud prince, but does it still hold the crown? I'm finding out whether the company could be worth eyeing here. Then after a busy stretch of earnings for the retailers, some good, some bad, I'm breaking down what differentiates the winners and the losers in the space. And earlier this year, Salesforce bought Tableau for nearly $16 billion. How is that company faring within the Salesforce universe? I'm going to talk to the CEO, so stay with Kramer. Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag Mad Tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1 800 743 CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnbc.com. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Fact. Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also a fact, smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving. ago, the whole cloud complex looked like it was in hideous shape after prolonged sell-off. There was never anything wrong with most of the companies, though. They just went out of style in the Wall Street fashion show. But in the last few weeks, the higher quality cloud stocks have made a 
stunning comeback. Consider the case of Okta, the cloud-based security software company that handles your login and verification credentials for a lot of sites that you use, but you just don't know Octa's behind him. This longtime Kramer fave got slammed over the summer, even though the company kept putting up some amazing numbers. Turns out the weakness was indeed temporary, as the stock rallied 35% in less than a month's time. And now, once again, it's up 100% for the year. I wouldn't be surprised if it's got more upside. Earlier today, we had a chance to actually go to Octa to catch up with Todd McKinnon, the co-founder and CEO. Take a look. Todd, why do we have to worry about identity? Identity is really important. If you think about what companies are trying to do, companies of every size in every industry, they're trying to have the best experience for their employees. They want to have it be flexible, accessible from anywhere, the best tools. And also they want to make sure that their customers can reach them over the web, over mobile. So what that all comes down to is you have to have good identity. You have to know who those people are that are connecting to what resources, whether it's a customer website or whether it's a productivity app to make your employees do their best work. You have to know who they are and you have to be able to do it securely and you have to make it super, super easy for those people to access those systems. At the core of that's identity. Okay, so I was one of the first customers to MLB.com because I love baseball and I love out-of-market baseball. I turn it on and it works. Does it work because of you? We are the login for MLB.com. So the great team at MLB.com is building this amazing mobile experience to stream the games out of market. And one of the key components of that is how do they identify the subscribers? Right. And how do they log them in easily, so make it super simple for the subscribers, no additional passwords, no additional tokens. And they also make it really easy for the developers at MLB.com to actually create that site. So they don't have to worry about the login part. They can get that from us and focus on what they're really great at, which is getting the baseball content to the subscribers. Are there still companies that actually worry about the login, even though it's not their core competence? It happens, it happens, but that, that's changing. As, yeah. as you know, Okta has really shown the industry that there's an easier way. And you can not only get it you know, cheaper than it is to build yourself, but you don't have the risk of a security problem like you do if you build it yourself. So it's quite powerful. Well, I think that a lot of people uh, ask me, well, Jim, why do you care about Octane? I said, well, I always care about a stock that's up 100% for the year, and you've been an unbelievable performer. But also, I said, because there'll be 34 million people who have loyalty to Albertsons, Mm -hmm. and they don't realize that what helps it work is Okta, and that's an awful lot of customers that not everybody can handle. Yeah. I mean, put yourself in in Albertson's shoes. So you're a brick and mortar, uh, one of the largest grocery chains in in the country, and you're thinking about your competition, and it used to be maybe the corner grocery store or another brick and mortar competitor, but now your competition is online. You're worried about um, the gig economy companies shopping at your store and serving your customers. You're worried about Amazon going direct to your customers. So you really have to up your e-commerce game. You have to have a great loyalty program. You have to have a great e-commerce experience, connect that brick and mortar store with your online uh, customer community. And what's at the center of that? It's identity. You have to know who the customer is. You have to get them on that site simply and securely. And that's what we help Albertsons do. Well, let's talk about internally. Uh, There are people who come and go in a company. Uh, there are companies now are so large that you don't know who's cracking in, who's not. Uh, if I hire Okta, what does it mean in terms of trying to keep out bad guys or impersonators? Well, I think it's, if you think about a company, you talked about the challenges of, of Albertsons on the customer side. Companies used to be that they would have an office and they would have a data center and they would put a firewall around that. And it was pretty binary. When you were inside the data center or inside the office, you were you know, secure and approved. And when you were outside, you didn't get in. 
And now that's very much fundamentally changed, where every company is trying to open up and trying to support more employees accessing applications from different environments, opening up the data center using the cloud. So what that means is that you can't secure things at the perimeter of the firewall anymore. You have to know who the person is. You have to know the person, the device, the application, the data, and have a system that can track where they're going, what they're doing, when they come join the company, when they change roles, when they become a partner, when they leave the company, and managing that and automating that whole process is key to having a good employee experience and having a secure experience. Okay, so just uh, go in the way back machine, say 10, 15 years. People would not have built a system that would have understood this, right? So a legacy system can't do any of these things. Well, you, you have a, there have been identity systems in the past. But I would say there's two big changes from the past generation okay. of technology. The first one is that these systems were built on-premise. They were software solutions, right, okay. which you know we're seeing every category of software and technology migrate to the cloud. Mm -hmm. But for identity, it's particularly important because what the cloud lets us do, besides just have it be easier to run and cheaper and more scalable, it allows us to connect and integrate right. to more technologies. So we can give a solution to our customers, and it's immediately connected to all of the d disparate technology in their environment, their devices, their networks, their firewalls, their applications, their platforms. It's connected day one, and they don't have to spend months integrating it up and, and figuring out how to debug it. It just works out of the box. Now, uh, tell me about if I were, say, working at Fox, a mm -hmm. uh, great entertainment company. I collaborate with a lot of different people. Uh, I don't want the collaborators necessarily to find out the ending of something I'm doing at Fox who's not involved with yeah, that. Yeah. So they bring in Okta? How do they know to bring in Okta? And why do they choose Okta over anybody else to try to solve that problem? Well, if you look at a company like Fox, it's content production, so they're making right. movies, and movies aren't made by one company. It's actually a very complex supply chain of companies, editing, post-production, sound. Mm -hmm. um, they're collaborating on this asset, and so that means that it's not all employees of Fox. It's employees of different partner companies that talk about opening up the network. You can't have a network around Fox right. and make that move. Right. You have to make an identity-centric environment so it knows about every partner down to the individual person collaborating on that movie and authenticate them, make it easy to use, make it secure, get them access when they need access to right. the movie, and take away access when they don't need it. So that's the challenge with Fox. So I think that the, um, if, you're, if you think about the advantages of something like Okta, I mentioned how it's integrated to everything right. Fox wants to use in the production process, but this is incredibly important as well. It's not, it's not a piece of software that they have right. to install, and it scales as they need it, and it contracts as they need it, and most importantly, and this is key, it's not a, a, an identity system that's part of one of those applications. So it's not part of the content right. management application, it's not part of the collaboration application. It's its own platform that is identity-centric and serves all of that technology in a neutral way, not bound to one type of application that Fox would have to use. Quite incredible. There, was just, there would have been no need because companies were too small. Yeah. The bigger a company gets, 34 million Albertsons, day one, opening day, MLB, yeah. They have to, they need you. Yeah. They can't do it without you. Yeah. It's pretty good to be indispensable. That's Todd McKinnon, Octa CEO and co-founder with an indispensable identity company. Good to see you, Todd. Nice to have Thank you, Jim. Here's a question. Have you ever been prescribed a medication? Most likely, yes. Well, what about this question? Did you understand how it worked? The way your medication works in your body shouldn't be a mystery. 
Learn how Vivgard, FGARD Tigamod Alpha FCAB works by visiting vivgard.com slash MOA. That's V-Y-V-G-A-R-T dot com slash M-O-A. Brought to you by Argenix. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visited visibility at indeed.com slash mad money. Just go to indeed.com slash mad money right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mad money. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. You want to know why I'm such a big believer in picking individual stocks and not sector ETFs? Just look at retail right now. Right now, the losers see a promotional environment where they need to cut prices to keep business. The winners, they see a strong consumer. They're not feeling any promotional pain. You got a clear set of haves and haves nots. The losers are desperately trying to figure out how to draw more traffic, while the winners have more customers than they seem to know what to do with. Yet so many commentators feel compelled to generalize. When a loser like Kohl's reports horrific numbers, or when a better-run company like Home Depot stumbles, we hear endless music about how the consumer's weakening. Tariffs are starting to take their toll. Look out below. They're missing the point. When you listen to the winners like Lowe's or Target or Walmart, they tell a very different story. According to them, the consumer's flush in buying everything from gadgets to housewares to cosmetics to food to drugs. Just look at the most contentious category of all. Look at apparel. While losers like Kohl's and Urban Outfitters reported really ugly apparel numbers, Target's apparel numbers, they were fabulous. It's not that clothing is ultra-discretionary. So uh, shoppers are delaying their purchases. No, it's that they're only buying clothes enthusiastically from certain chains, and they're dissing others. So what's the secret sauce that separates the haves from the have-nots? I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. To win in this retail environment, you either need to be online or off price. If you're not offering a great digital experience or really unbeatable bargains, then I got to tell you something, you are in trouble. For example, let's look at Target, okay? I mean, the stock was just huge today. I mean, even when it was up 10, I said to buy it. They've adapted to the web by turning its brick and mortar stores into warehouses where you can buy online and pick up in the store. Meanwhile, they bought this site. This company called Shipped, S-H-I-P-T. It's amazing. It handles deliveries. Rollout of same-day delivery has been a gigantic growth driver. We heard Brian Cornell this morning say that in an interview on Squawk. And it's one reason why the stock surged 14% today in the wake of a terrific quarter. We're seeing the same thing from Lowe's. CEO Marvin Ellison is upgrading his systems to reflect the modern-day omni-channel world. They didn't have that before he got there. If he gets a little more digital business, his operation could surpass Home Depot when it comes to comparable store sales growth. No wonder Lowe's folded 4% today in an otherwise ugly session. Meanwhile, we just learned that Home Depot's old systems are hurting their business, and they can't be improved overnight. Thanks. The difference is stark. All right, how about Kohl's? Sell, sell, sell. 
Kohl's, which melted down on Monday after a devastating quarter. Uh, okay, their problem is simple. They don't have anything special. Kohl's doesn't have the kind of fabulous digital platform that can complete, compete with Target or with Walmart, let alone Amazon. And you can only get away with that when, when you've got the lowest prices. But Kohl's doesn't have that either. It's a department store, not an off-price chain like TJX or Burlington Stores, both of which I like very much. And in this new world, Kohl's, as much as I actually like to shop there, just isn't good enough. And that's why it's a mistake to extrapolate from the retailers to the broader economy. And what were Kohl's is doing terribly, but Target's doing great. The economy is not what's controlling this cohort. ETFs once again shroud the truth. Some are winning. Others can't win at all. Some retailers have spent fortunes on technology to lure customers away from the competition. They're prospering. Jobs are plentiful. Consumers have money to spend. They're just having discerning tastes, which is why they're shopping at Amazon, Target, Walmart, and Lowe's. And they are still shopping at Home Depot, but we know that was a stumble that we didn't expect. In other words, everybody who's worrying about whether the trade war is hurting retail is asking the wrong question. They should be wondering if it's possible for a retailer to thrive without big spending on technology for the likes of companies such as Zendesk, kind of a patron duty of Salesforce, because the answer is no. I say wait for the next round of tariff hikes or nasty trade rhetoric. The president will certainly give us that to knock down the whole group and then buy the retail winners into the weakness created by the ETF in the overall market. And please, I'm begging you, stop assuming the losers somehow give you a better read on the economy. In reality, the losers just have a worse read on the on the consumer. That's it. And better merchandise might may at this point not even change the equation. Much more man bunny head. I've got the exclusive with Tableau Software. How is the company faring now it's under the Salesforce umbrella? And then I am taking a page from Pager Duty. How can I help you? And finding out if one of the hottest IPOs of 2019 can head higher. And all your calls rapid fire in tonight's edition of The Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. I keep telling you that technology is the difference between success and failure in this environment because the right tech gives you a better understanding of the world and a leg up on the competition. And that's why we wanted to check in with Tableau Software while we're out here in San Francisco. Now, this is a business analytics company that was acquired by Salesforce over the summer for more than $15 billion because Salesforce recognizes the value of anything that helps enterprises harness their data. Last night, I got a chance to check in with Adam Zalipsky. He's the CEO of Tableau Software. Take a look. Adam, first time since uh, your company's acquired. Now, I know that Tableau is a formidable part of the new Salesforce world, but this is your first time at Dreamforce. What's your impression? Well, it's big to start with. There are just so many trailblazers here, and the energy is unbelievable. Uh, feels very familiar to me coming off the heels of our own Tableau conference just last week. Okay, so a Tableau conference is introducing people to some of the new things or just something you always have had and it's going to merge overall one day with these guys? Yeah, well, Tableau conference is alive and well. We announced we'll be back in Las Vegas next October for our 13th annual Tableau conference where the Tableau community gathers and we're really looking forward to getting a bunch of trailblazers there next year as well. All right, now, Adam, the one thing is just really bugging me. There's a lot of people telling me Dell data is the rail, the coin of the realm. You got to have it. Uh-uh. I think it's how you use it because I've got retailers telling me they know they've got the greatest data in the world, but they're not doing well. What are they doing wrong if they have all the great data and they're not doing well? Well, I think we're, we're really in this data deluge where everyone's inundated with data and having it, having it dumped all over your head doesn't necessarily mean you know how to succeed with it. So what you really need to do is to be able to organize it and manage it 
then critically to analyze it. And that's why Tableau exists, to help people see and understand it. Are people smart enough to analyze it? it? Uh, our customers are very smart, and uh, we, we, with this leading analytics platform we've built, we've made it incredibly simple and intuitive, while at the same time it's being uh, powerful uh, to analyze data, whether you're a data newbie or a data rock star. Okay, so when uh, Salesforce bought Tableau, uh, Tableau, uh, obviously this year you made a fortune for shareholders, Salesforce stock went down. I think people had a hard time trying to understand why the two companies should be together, why Mark Benioff couldn't make Tableau. What was unique about Tableau that it made sense for Mark to buy what Adam was, was uh, working on? Well, I mean, Tableau spent 16 years now uh, building an end-to-end analytics platform with, with incredibly broad capabilities from data preparation to rich analytics to collaboration and sharing. It's not something that you just replicate overnight. Salesforce has been busy doing you know, many, many other things, including building some really neat, more specialized analytics capabilities, which are alive and well. And I think the combination just makes so much sense. Number one, because Salesforce is going to help Tableau accelerate our existing mission to help people see and understand data. And also, we now get to be part of this customer 360 of Salesforce and get to help Salesforce customers use analytics to really accelerate their digital transformation. Okay, so look, we've, uh, I've met with the people from Lamborghini. I know the people from State Farm, uh, the Louis Vuitton. Where uh, does Tableau play a role in making those companies have better sales? Well, uh, Tableau is used really wall-to-wall through many enterprises. We have a lot of enterprises who are deploying Tableau to tens of thousands and now even hundreds of thousands of employees, from manufacturing to supply chain to marketing to sales. So we have a lot of examples uh, of companies uh, using us for sales. And Nissan, for example, is helping their dealers be more effective in their sales. Uh, And we just had uh, Nissan up on stage with me last week as well. It's a a great joint customer for both Salesforce and Tableau. So there are many examples in the sales realm. Is it fun? A lot of people felt that you would, there was a betting line about whether you'd stay. Uh, uh, I'm the CEO of Tableau. I'm a proud member of the Salesforce management team. Our whole management team, the company's all excited. We're delighted to be here at Dreamforce, and we're incredibly excited, most importantly, what our customers can do with Salesforce plus Tableau. Give me a, a great example of something, of a company, and, and look, there's a lot here I'm willing to talk about it, where you brought something to the equation that Mark was doing X and you took it to another level. Well, and there's a, a lot of great joint customers. You see them, uh, you see them all over the show. Uh, for example, uh, Southwest. Uh, so a so, lot of Southwest okay. Airlines, sure. So uh, a significant Salesforce customer. Uh, but they're so customer-focused, and they really laser-focused on their on-time performance. They had over right. 100 data sources, and it was taking almost a two-week lag before they really understood the nature of their on-time performance. With Tableau, they're ingesting data from 100 different data sources. And they now have real, n- nearly real-time, 15-minute lag on understanding the true nature of their customer performance. So true nature of on-time? True nature of... Uh, on-time performance, <laughs> on-time exactly. Performance. Sorry, yeah. Uh- Wow. It's, it's a tra- Dreamforce. It's Dreamforce. What are you going <laughs> to do? do? Yeah. Well, Adam, I want to thank you so much for coming on the air, uh, and I'm so glad you stayed with the company. I think it was vital that you did because a lot of people feel you were the heart and soul of what this place is about. Well, we have an incredible team. They've been at it for 16 years, and I'm delighted to be part of Tableau and now part of Salesforce. Well, fantastic. Thank it's you so much to, to Adam. You. Okay, that's Adam Slipsey's president CEO of Tableau Software. It was something, it was DHA, remember? It was a stock that we recommended for years, and the payoff was huge, and now it's part of Salesforce.
And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready, Skeety Daddy? Time for the lightning round. Let's start with Steven in California. Steven. Booyah, from Los Angeles, California. Okay. Is GBA set for performance in the long run? Buy, sell, or hold? No, I, no and I don't believe in the, the... I think there's so much rancor watching. I don't think there can possibly be an infrastructure bill. Let's stay away. Let's go to Steve in North Carolina. Steve. Hey, Jim. First, I'd like to thank you and your show for all you do to help us make better decisions. That's what I want. Teach you to think better. How can I help? I would like to discuss Twist Bioscience. The company seems to have a strong technical strength, and their revenue growth is really strong, but their operating expense exceeds their revenue. Well, yeah, they're a small, losing a ton of a money. small amount of discretionary cash that I'm willing to risk, but I'm not sure if no, they're if going to No, if that's for the money, for discretionary cash willing to risk is perfect. Otherwise, please know, it is way too risky. Let's go to Josh in North Carolina. Josh! Booyah, Jim, from the Tar Heel State. There we go. Wanted to ask a question today about Intuit stock. Symbol, oh, I like I Intuit so much. So Intuit's one of those companies that we don't talk about enough in terms of being a small business force multiplier. Everybody likes Intuit. Anybody who has a small business, you ask them, it's their favorite product. I say bye. Let's go to Ron in Florida. Ron! Long time, third time, Jim. I'd okay, like to good deal. With some info on the Southern Company, ticker SO. Well, you know what? I, I do think that they've had some periodic problems doing some construction work. I would rather see you in Dominion, which I think is cheaper, or Con Ed, by the way, ED, which I feel is kind of an asset light utility. I'm going to Mark in Tennessee. Mark! Captain Kramer, big booyah from Music City, Nashville, Tennessee. My stock good is music, Metline, good real estate. What's M-A-T. up? Now, not, not a big fan of the insurers right here because of the way the yield curve is. We're going to take a pass. Not recommending any of them at this very moment. Let's go to Carol in New York. Carol. Hey, Jim. Um, Carol. With the shift in the semiconductor sector, should I hold on to my position in IPHI? Yeah, I, I think it's good. It's analog and digital. I think it's a good situation. I happen to like that cohort very much, and that one's a fine one. Let's go to Peter in Florida. Peter. Hey, Jim. How are you? I am good. How about you? I'm great, great. I've spoken to you many times over the years. There we go. Anyway, yeah, um, I have a substantial position in AT&T. I bought okay. it for two reasons, for safety and the dividend. As okay. a result, I've gotten a real nice 30% profit, but it's been selling off this week due, due to a downgrade. Do they yes, know something the I don't significant, know? sir. Uh, I thought the downgrade uh, actually made uh, my conviction, uh, uh, tested my conviction. I do believe that ATT is a good stock. I like what Elliott's doing. I wish the stock would settle down. Maybe get it 36 and we can pull the trigger. But I tell you, it was a devastating downgrade because it basically said that there's no growth at all. I'm doing more work away with, with Ben Stoto, trying to figure my uh, head of research. We're going to try to figure out and get to the bottom of it. Let's go to Ed in Indiana. Ed. Hey, Jim. How you doing? I'm good, Ed. How about you? Oh, I can't complain. I got a question for you. Duke Energy. I bought it about like a week ago. At night. I like Duke. 4.3%, not bad. I mean, again, I, I do think that if you're going to pay 4.3%, I actually prefer you to do uh, Dominion, um, which I think is, you know, gives you 44 and it's got better growth characteristics. And that's what we really like. Let's go to Mark in Pennsylvania. Mark! Hey, Jimbo. A big Hatfield PA. Booyah to you. This is Mark. My question this evening... It's about LHX. That's 
a combination of level three merged with Harris Technology. And I like the stock very much, Mr. Hatboro. I'm a Hatboro Horsham guy from way back. I think that L3 Harris is a buy right here. And I think that actually, if you get it below 210, it's a good situation. And that, ladies and gentlemen, conclusion of the Lightning Round. The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Take control of your financial future with the new madmoney.cnbc.com. Kramer's exclusive CEO interviews, full episodes, analysis, even your own soundboard. Plus special access to Mad Money 101 with rules and techniques to break down the market for all investors. The red flag that makes me drop a stock immediately is... It's everything you need right when you need it. The new madmoney.cnbc.com. does it become safe to circle back to the formerly red-hot, now somewhat cold tech stocks that came public this year? Take PagerDuty, and that's symbol PD for you home gamers. It's an enterprise software company that helps its clients monitor their online presence so they can spot problems like outages and then fix them before you find them. When PagerDuty had its IPO in April, the stock's price to 24 surged to 38 and changed by the end of the first day. Mid-June, nearly $60 stock, and those are explosive gains. But then the whole cohort went out of style and pager duty stock got quickly hammered, losing more than half its value. It's now back to 26. Although remember, it was at $21 just five days ago. Could it be worth owning here? Let's take a closer look with Jennifer Tejada. She is the chairperson CEO of Pager Duty. Learn more about the company's prospects and where it's going. Oh, Jennifer, how are you? Hi, I'm good to see it's you. Great to see you, Jim. Thanks First for time me. on. First, First time on. You have the floor because I think some people say we like we make a joke about it, but Pager Duty, what exactly do they do? Well, PagerDuty is a digital operations management company. That means that we provide a software-as-a-service platform that helps developers and modern workers manage all the complexity that sits behind your favorite apps. So say, for instance, you get up in the morning and you go for a run and you download your favorite playlist and it doesn't work. And then you're on the way into the office and you've opened up your app to order a coffee and as you go to you know, pay for it, you get the spinning wheel of death. Well, we hate these things. We hate these things. And we also hate the people whose companies they represent. Well, I wouldn't go. I, I, I don't oh, hate on, anybody. I'm kind of a nice person. But, go ahead. but what I was You're saying is F-Q-Mail. when it all goes wrong, the customers leave. They'll X out your app. They'll delete your app and they won't right. come back. And you spend a lot of money to get them there. And the typical retailer can lose up to a half a million dollars a minute when when this is happening. So these challenges are, are time sensitive. They're mission critical. And there's a lot of complexity, whether it's cloud or on prem or applications that's behind them. And it's almost impossible for the human beings responsible for that technology to have visibility, to understand the dependencies between these technologies, right. to identify the issues and fix them before, to your point, the consumer feels the okay, pain. Your background is a little different from most people in technology. You worked at Procter & Gamble for a long I time. I did. I'm used to people who are sitting there who have, they have the Stanford double-double, and they tell me that they know everything and that I know nothing. I think it's interesting to be sitting opposite someone who works in what I regard as a consumer-friendly company. Has it helped you at PagerDuty? It has absolutely helped me to come to PagerDuty with a classic marketing and consumer background because part of my job is to explain how very complex technology works for the end customer. Well, this is that dumb it down like your first job. Exactly, and and articulate that value proposition. And I didn't double-double at Harvard or Stanford. I went to the greatest university in the world, the University of Michigan. I hadn't thought of it like that. I thought, <laughs> no, I have a lot of buddies. Well, okay, so at that background, plus, you know, when I check into, say, Carnival Cruise, good customer, um, American Eagle, yeah, great customer. These are companies that I felt 
you understand their complexities. You understand what they we need. Uh, the American Eagle uh, video, I think, explains a lot. Tell me what you do for them. Thank you. So American Eagle is coming up on one of the busiest seasons of the year, oh. the holiday season, and they want to make sure that when a consumer comes to their app, their website, in store, that they have a perfect experience every time, that they really shorten that distance between an idea or a need and an outcome, like a terrific shirt or a blouse to wear your next party or a suit or whatever, the great pair of jeans. And when that doesn't come together very well, that complexity, PagerDuty sits behind it and helps the engineering community, customer support, even the security teams work together in a virtual way where we're orchestrating and automating some of that work so that American Eagle not only responds really effectively to incidents when they happen because events happen, but also prevent them from happening again by using the power of machine learning and 10 years of data that sits in our platform that starts to help American Eagle become more and more proactive and predictive. Now, how about uh, you talk about being the central nervous system of of things, and you also talk about you know, and I've talked to you before, time wasting. That I have a yeah. lot. I get, I get, uh, I get alerts constantly. I am constantly trying to figure out what to do with. There are probably two and a half hours of my of my day that I'm not in control that I'd like back. Can PagerDuty help me? Totally. So now, now time is the most valuable currency from my perspective. And yet everybody's notifying you of something. And yes. so that's just noise coming at you. You need an intelligent solution that can consume all those software signals, correlate them, make sense out of them, and then route the most important ins- insight, an actionable insight, right. in the moment that you need it the most. Those okay, but how does it know? I mean, look, you know I'm an Eagles moments. fan. Yeah. I'm an Eagles fan. How does, it not, how does it know that that's not important? So, so great, great example. Let's say you're trying to buy tickets. It's for the Super Bowl because yes. you want to see the Eagles take down the Lombardi Trophy for the first time Fair in a enough. while. And these are going to be hotly contested tickets, right. right? They're going to be high in demand. And when the tickets become available, you're going to go online. And what's happening is there's a ton of surge of traffic right. uh, across all of the platforms that support ticket sales for the NFL and, mm-hmm. and for the team and for StubHub and, and some of the other ticketing customers that we right. work with. And what happens there, something breaks and you are in the middle of that process and you're trying to get that ticket because there's two seats left that you and your wife want to sit in, and suddenly it all goes to, right. you know, to, to the wrong in the wrong way for you. And and what's happening behind the scenes is the developers and um, employees are getting those signals, and they're they're a, the small cross-functional team of four or six people instead of a hundred people right. running around in chaos trying mm-hmm. to figure out what's happening. They're coming together and working the technology problem in the back end so that by the time you go through the virtual shopping cart, right. it's fixed on your end. You shouldn't even feel it. You should never see a notification well, I love because the fact that you, gets fixed. Right, because you try to say you, you, don't, you want to disappear. Yes. They're not trying to be seen, which no, I think is, makes we, so much sense. We're the magic that sits behind teams who are working really hard to deliver your perfect experience, but the systems that support that experience often behave in ways that are outside of their control. When people Google you and your company and competitors, they come up with a long list of companies. Every time I talk with you or check, they're, they're not competitors. They are colleagues. Yes. So you have created a worldview of many different partners. Is that your personality? Because I don't know whether Pager Judy was a little bit more alone before you got there. Well, we think of ourselves as sitting at the center of the ecosystem, right. a really important ecosystem that supports modern work, which is most employees expect that all tools and platforms should work seamlessly together. Right. Regardless of if they're a little bit competitive, a lot competitive, they don't care about where we stand with one another. Mm-hmm. They just want... 
if you're working in PagerDuty and you're also working in Slack and your customer support teams are working in yeah. Zendesk and you're using Okta Ooh, to log in. Or faves. And by the way, they're PagerDuty customers too. Every like, one of them I know. As, I'll ask about you. As this is happening, like, you, you want to create that seamless experience. And so there's a huge amount of effort that goes into 350 out-of-the-box integrations that make the future of work come together across these. Well, can I just do what page of duty not to deal with all these different companies and you set it up for me? I, I, we can help you with that. <laughs> well, I've got to tell you, everybody speaks so highly of your company and, and they're all people who I know have to work with you in order to make it so that when clowns like me go to a site, it works despite how stupid and unintelligent I am about technology. And this is important for some of the most important brands in the world. Right. 37% of the Fortune 100, um, some of the most uh, revered you? enterprises from IBM to GE to the likes of Home Depot, and also some of the cool brands like Net-A-Porter or Instacart or Good Eggs, who delivers my farm-to-table you know, breakfast well, in the morning. You, you've made th- this company really come alive, and I want to congratulate you. Uh, and I just thought, I didn't really understand why I was cut in half, but it's already up five dollars since we saw each other last. Okay, that's, it's <laughs> I'm trying. That's true. That's Jennifer Tejada. She's the CEO and chairperson of Pager Duty, and that's PD, Paul Door. okay? Because I think the stock at 26 dollars That money's back to the Look, you know, I have a hard line on China, and you know, I think that the president's line is getting harder. And we heard it today when he visited Tim Cook in Texas. I've got to tell you, please do not, do not put your hopes on the idea that there'll be a good trade deal. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise you I'll find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer, and I will see you tomorrow. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.